Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another thrilling installment of Just a Podcast. My name is Just Bob, and I'm so thrilled that you could join me today. That sounded sarcastic, but it's not. I, I mean that quite sincerely. I am one of those people who have been told their entire life, I never know when you're kidding or when you're not, and uh, quite frankly, I prefer it that way. <laughs> so I just got back from vacation. As I'm recording this, it is Monday, July 31st, and uh, just got off the air, first day back, vacation, did something a little different this year, uh, split my vacation in two, and the reason for that is because for a number of years there, I went on vacation with groups of people. And oftentimes it's like a week long kind of thing. And a lot of times by Thursday, I'm just over it. I'm just over it. I'm ready to go home. And so... uh this time I thought, well, let's minimize that sort of thing. I'm going to go to two places. And one thing I, I have been wanting to do for the last couple of years is get to Philadelphia so I can see a Phillies game. And I noticed on the schedule, this is about two months ago, that the Phillies were going to be playing the Orioles at home for a series in late July. And a little of my background, I'm not going to go too deeply into it because I have mentioned most of the most of this stuff at one time or another, but I was born in Philadelphia, lived there till the age of nine. Family moved to Columbia, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. I lived there until I was in my early 20s. And baseball has always been my favorite sport. So when we moved away from Philadelphia and I couldn't see the Phillies every day, I started watching the Orioles because they were the local team. And the rule has always been if Baltimore is on, I'm rooting for Baltimore unless they're playing Philadelphia. I'm rooting for Philadelphia over anybody else. But this was the first time in many years that I had seen the two teams play against each other. When interleague play began in the major leagues back in the late 90s, I was actually living in the city of Baltimore. And it was very convenient for me to get to Camden Yards. It was only about a 15-minute drive from my house. So I saw a bunch of ball games there, and I, I tried to go a lot to a lot of the interleague games. I saw the Orioles play the Mets one time. Um, I saw them play the Nationals one time. I saw them play the Phillies a couple times, but the last time, you know, it was late 90s, so it was like over 20 years ago. So I saw that on the schedule, and I said... I, you know, I'm going to make it a priority to get to this game. It was very important to me, uh, particularly in light of 
the fact that last year and the year before I had trips planned to go to the ballpark and they fell through for a variety of, well, not a variety of reasons. One main reason I had some stupid emergency come up and it ended up wiping out the money that I'd set aside to go to the ball game. So this time I, I did everything in my power to make sure that that did not happen. So on Monday, I drove to Philly. I checked into a hotel there, went to the game Monday. Tuesday, I was just kind of on the loose. I didn't have any real plans, and I ended up going to my old neighborhood and walking around, snapping some pics just to see what stuff looks like now. And I discovered that the... Streets were worse than ever. <laughs> I went to the house where my family lived when I was a kid. And right out in front, the street is blocked off because there's two massive holes in the street. And they're blocked off by water and power department barricades, which suggests that the holes were dug by the city to do repair on the water lines or, or the power um, or something, you know. I don't know. I don't keep up with that stuff. But So you couldn't go there uh, if you wanted to because the street's blocked off. I ended up having to park my car a couple of blocks away and walk over. So it's the first time I've, I've been by the house in, oh, I don't know how long. Uh, I guess two, two and a half years since I was there last. And in the meantime, this, uh, just to give you a frame of reference, this is a row house in the center of a city block. So, you know, there's about a half a dozen houses on either side. And the house itself looks like it's been gutted. Like, I looked inside the window. I peeked inside the window because it was pretty apparent that no one was living there. And I could see straight through to the back window. <laughs> but that's not the most interesting part, okay? The most interesting part was that when I went, I walked across the street to get far enough away to get a good picture of the front of the house, I noticed there was this massive addition on the back of the house. There was a whole extra story and uh, at least two or three extra rooms added on to the back. Now, because the back fronts to a private uh, alleyway, I wasn't able to go back there and look, but... From the end of the the block, I was able to I was able to get a pretty good picture of the of the thing, and it's gigantic. I looked at it and was like, you know, if we had had an addition like this when we were living in this place, we might still be there, you know. And it intrigued me. I I looked the place up on Zillow, and of course, it's not for sale. <laughs> not that I'm looking for a house, you know, in Fishtown, Philadelphia. That'd be a That'd be an unacceptable commute. 
you know, when I when I was living in Columbia, Maryland and commuting here to work, they told me you're going to have to find somewhere a little bit closer to live, which of course I I understand. Um when I was uh living in Frederick, uh my job at the time was only about a 5-minute drive away and that was fantastic. So when I got here, when I moved to Greencastle, I said, you know, it's got to be somewhere relatively close. Now it takes me seven minutes to get to work as opposed to five before, so that's pretty good. But being back in the old neighborhood, I, I noticed a lot of things have changed, which is, of course, understandable. I mean, it's been over 40 years. Well, it's been exactly 40 years since my family moved out of Philadelphia because that was in August of 1983. So it has been 40 years. Things are going to change in that time. And people who have lived their entire lives in in a small town, particularly those who are still in the small town that they're from, I have found in my experience people like that often have some misconceptions, shall we say, about living in a major city. I've lived in two of them and found there were many, many similarities in a meta sense. It's like uh, going back to when I was a kid in Philadelphia, it was like, you know, people tend to view the city as one cohesive whole. And, uh, and that's true of any city. You know, I've heard it applied to, well, pretty much every major city anywhere, but really at least I will limit this to Philadelphia and Baltimore where I've lived personally, but it's also been the same um, in Los Angeles. My, my grandparents lived there, visited there many times and saw it for myself. But, uh, you know, cities are full of neighborhoods and every neighborhood is kind of like its own small town because most of them have got all of the things you would expect in a in a small town, you know, there's houses and there's businesses and there's shopping and gas stations and, and things like that. And oftentimes, and I, I definitely saw this when I was living in Baltimore. When I lived in Baltimore, and I do have to force myself to say Baltimore, not Baltimore. <laughs> but when I was living there, there were neighbors who had not been off the block in like three decades. I mean, to, to, to live, of course. They left the block to go to work and, and stuff like that, but they never lived anywhere else. So it wasn't just all they knew was the city, but all they knew was the part of the city in which they lived. And that certainly was also the case when uh, when I was in Philadelphia. And I have found 
couple of things over the course of the last several years, and one of them is that in a very general sense of the word, everywhere is pretty much like everywhere else. Over the course of my trip last week, uh, I spent a few days in Philadelphia and I spent a few days at the Jersey Shore. And uh, in both of those places, I did a lot of driving around. That's one thing that I like to do when I'm on vacation, when I'm traveling somewhere. I like to get the lay of the land and see what's what and uh, and what's where and all that sort of thing. But uh, in every one of those small to medium-sized towns in Jersey that I went through, I, I would see the same things over and over again in every one of them, just like you do here. You know, every place I went had a Dollar General, had a McDonald's, had a, a convenience store, most of them 7-Elevens, uh, Royal Farms, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it was always the same thing, though. You know, you, you drive into a town and you see, like, the main intersection, the main drags. And you go through it, and there's McDonald's, and there's usually a couple other fast foods, like Burger King or Taco Bell, KFC, Popeye, stuff like that. And then there was the obligatory Dollar General, of which you'll see another one a mile up the road, you know. <laughs> and the convenience stores and the gas stations and, and stuff like that, and you go into the next place and you see all the same things. When I went to visit Texas in 2021, I was rather limited in my ability to get around because I got there on a plane, so I didn't have a car or anything like that. I couldn't just leave and go exploring, which is what I like to do. And so I would take the time and check things out whenever we would go out, you know, go out shopping, go out to restaurants or whatever and kind of see what's where. And what I saw was some of the names are different, but that was it really, you know, instead of seeing like, for example, instead of seeing like, Burger Kings all over the place. There was uh, Whataburgers all over the place. And, I, you know, I first heard of Whataburger several years before I ever saw one. Uh, if you watched King of the Hill regularly, then you have as well. And uh, everyone I talked to beforehand that have been there told me the burgers are fantastic. Uh, and you you got to look at that 
in its proper context. You know, this is not a gourmet burger you're going to get at Clyde's. You know, it's a fast food. It's still a fast food burger, but it's well made for what it is. And it's it's a good price point for what it is. And uh, perspective, <laughs> perspective is important, you know, because you hear, oh, man, it's so good. And, you know, in the like I said, in the context of what it is, it is really good. The other thing that was like that was was uh, when I went to California, I was told to uh, check out Jack in the Box. And the thing that was most impressive to me about Jack in the Box was that there was like everything on that menu. They sell tacos there at a burger joint. It was cool. But that was a one and done thing. I wasn't blown away as much <laughs> by the uh, by the Jack in the Box. My point being that pretty much most places you go in the United States in this day and age, there's going to be great similarities, not only in the businesses that you see, but also among the architecture. You're going to see similar styles of houses. You're going to see neighborhoods laid out similar. You know, all these things. You know, I mentioned I, I grew up in, in Columbia, Maryland, and I lived there throughout. Well, you know, I, I spent a, the first half of my childhood in Philadelphia, age, uh, for, well, when I was born to age nine, and then the second half, nine to 18, I was in Columbia. So it's a good, it's a good thing for me to be able to, to sort of contrast them, you know, in terms of what I've seen and experienced in these places. And, you know, I'm a city guy and, you know, I get, I get razzed and joshed and, and what have you about that from people I know. And I don't mind, you know, I'm, comfortable in city although I learned I did learn something though when I was when I was bopping around Philly last week I just like there's traffic and then there's traffic you know we got traffic here the usual stuff that happens along I-81 but in in and around the major cities and I've seen it in a bunch of places. I mean, I've seen it around uh, D.C. and Richmond and Boston and New York City and Hartford, Connecticut, and, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere I've been. You get the, the traffic and the backups because you have the accidents and whatnot, but you get a lot of volume-related slowdowns. So, on Tuesday, okay, that was um, July 25th, I went out for a drive, and I didn't necessarily know where I was headed, but I was headed away from the center of the city towards, like, the, the suburbs, you know, like around Delco, 
and uh, Montgomery County, Chester, those kinds of places. I was scouring Goodwill stores because I was looking for uh, cheap Philly sports gear. And I found nothing, incidentally. Maybe I should have gone to the city center. But every once in a while, when I'm at the Goodwill, I go to Goodwill. You, you find some cool stuff there. I have. I mean, I could I could give you a tour. And like half of what's in my closet now came from Goodwill. Because <laughs> like a lot of people, I spent a number of years living on a very tight budget. But anyway, while I was out last week... There was a thunderstorm, and it wasn't just a normal thunderstorm. I I learned later on that a bunch of places were flooded. Uh, There were people washed away in it and lost. Like, this, this was serious, you know. But, of course, I didn't know all this at the time. All I know is I'm driving, and I can't see five feet in front of the car. Because it's like monsooning. It's like just dumping down rain. And you know what it feels like to drive a long distance in poor visibility? I don't know about you, but every single time I have to do it, I get eye strain and I wound up I wind up with uh, an absolutely pounding headache, so... I didn't know where I was. I mean, I knew, obviously, I knew I was somewhere in southeast PA, but I I said, well, I got to find out what the, distance, what the distance is to get back to the hotel because I don't want to be out in this anymore. I, I, had, I, I was done with it by that point. I was over it all. So I, I found a parking lot to pull over into for a few minutes, pulled up the GPS and turn by turns, and it's like over an hour back. And I was like, (laughs) I could have cried. I I really, I thought for a moment, just a split moment, just just a heartbeat of time, but I thought about climbing into the backseat of the car and just going to sleep there. But I, I didn't. I, I I navigated my way back, tried to stick to roads that were less trafficked. I made it back finally. Stopped for for some food on the way, and then I get to the hotel, park my car. I'm getting out of my car, and the rain stops. And at that point, I was like, I'm over this. (laughs) You know, I'm going to get a case of hard seltzer and a pint of Southern Comfort. I'm going to retreat to my room, and I'm going to call it a night. And then to add insult to injury, my food, I got a couple chicken biscuits from Royal Farms. And when I was a teenager, we had a couple Royal Farm stores in Columbia close to my house. Their chicken was phenomenal. I mean, it was really fantastic. It was really good. And I had a ritual. I had band practice on Saturday and Sunday afternoons at noon. 
So I I would get up at about 10.30, 11. I would go to Royal Farms. I'd get the same thing every time. It was a two-piece meal, all breasts, and an order of Western fries. And I would uh, devour them as I was driving back to go to band practice. I did that every week for a long time. And, you know, the chicken was legit good. And if, if you're around Baltimore or whatever, anybody there will tell you, Royal Farms chicken is awesome. So I, I that you go into the store and they usually they have like a warming tray kind of deal, similar to what they have at Cheats. And they'll put pre-made hot sandwiches in there. And I'll go in and I'll just grab a couple to go. You know, when I was uh, I was going to Baltimore to see my my daughter a few years ago, there was a Royal Farm store on the way there, and I would always I'd get the chicken sandwich, and it was always it was always really good. And then this time, the chicken tasted like it had been sitting out all day long, <laughs> which it probably had been. I mean, biscuits are a, a breakfast food, aren't they? And this was like five, you know, five in the afternoon. This was almost dinner time, really. And uh, so I ate and was like, you know, the chicken was like shoe rubber and the the biscuits were like like dry hockey pucks. Well, good. That's what I'm getting out of here. Not good. Very much not good. But what can you do? You order food from a convenience store. Even if it's a good one, and most of the time you're taking a chance of some kind. So Wednesday comes around, and uh, checkout time is 11 o'clock. I... Get up around 9.30, get showered, get packed up, check out of the hotel, start heading towards the Jersey Shore. And uh, check-in time there was 3. So I have 4 hours to make a 1-hour drive, if that. So I was not in a major hurry. I was I was kind of taking my time. But I, I had a few detours because I was not using the GPS. I was just going on my gut. And going on my gut will get me there, but it will not get me there the fastest way, usually, is how that works. So but it's fine. It's around 4, 4.30 when I finally get to the hotel and get checked in and all that stuff. And I, I, I don't think I ate anything that day. You know, I, I mean, I didn't stop. I didn't stop anywhere. So, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not true. I went through went through North Philly and I got I got gas there. Because I, I mentioned this on the air today, but uh, I'm, like, really awkward about the full-service gas stations in New Jersey, so I try and avoid them at all costs. So I wanted to put gas in the car before I left Pennsylvania, and I did that. And I also stopped at Popeye's, got some chicken nuggets. Their chicken nuggets are good. 
I'm a chicken nugget connoisseur. And their chicken nuggets are good. Popeyes, try them if you haven't already. But anyway, so yeah, several hours have passed, of course, and I've been driving. So I'm pretty hungry. And there is a pizza hut there in uh, Epsikin. Epsikin is the town where I was staying. It's uh, the first town due west of Atlantic City. And it's about 10 minutes from Atlantic City, about 20 minutes from Ocean City, New Jersey, which is the the beach town that I I, I go to, you know, the one that's my preference. And, and so in... in, in Epsikin, there's uh, a Pizza Hut, and I like I know Pizza Hut, and so I know what I'm getting. I ordered delivery there, and after my order was in, after I had paid for it, I get a text from them telling me that my order is going to be delivered by DoorDash, and as soon as I read it, my heart sank. Because, personally, I have never had a positive experience with DoorDash. To the extent that I would not have ordered from this place had I known they were using DoorDash for delivery because it was not on the website. Like I said, it wasn't until after I already ordered. But, just as I suspected might happen, food never arrived. And I waited like an hour and got a hold of the DoorDash people, and I told them, your your driver never showed up. And it is saying that my order was delivered, and it wasn't. You know, I even wrote the room number and the fact that it was on the second floor on the delivery instructions, you know. I mean... I think just about anybody with functional half of a brain could have made that delivery. And it was a, a, a cuz they had a delivery charge, not delivery charge, but they had a minimum order. So I ended up spending $40. It was like 39 and change to get a large pizza and uh order wings and it never showed up. So I got on the on the horn with DoorDash and I was hot. Man, I was so exasperated with these people. But the lady that I talked to from DoorDash was extremely nice and promised to get the situation under control. So she gets me on the phone with Corporate Pizza Hut and I I explained what the problem was. At least, I hope I did. I could not understand what this woman was saying. I think it was a just a poor telephone connection. But I, I answered her questions as best as I can. Gave my home address. I was like, you want to send a check? Great! Send it! Cut it! I'll take it! I haven't heard from them yet. And it has been six days. And all I can tell you is if I don't hear from them soon, they're going to be hearing from me again.
But, uh, yeah, I got no, I got no time for DoorDash. <laughs> I just, I, like a lot of these gig app kind of things, my experience has been that it's kind of a train wreck, you know. Um, I don't, I don't muck around with Uber, for example, when I'm on my own, if I can help it. And I definitely am not ordering anything delivered from some app because, like I said, this is my own experience and I'm not trying to put a net over anybody, but the times that I've been forced to deal with these these app delivery services in the last couple of years have been almost entirely negative. So I wind up eating Hot Pockets from the local grocery store because I was starving by this point. Go over to the store. In New Jersey, there is a law that they are not allowed to provide disposable bags. So the stores say, bring your own bag, which I didn't think to do that. But I'm only buying enough food for one meal, and it's got to be something I can microwave because I'm in a hotel room and I don't have a stove. So hey, i got Hot Pockets and a bag of chips and no bag. I'm strutting out of the store with my Hot Pockets and wise ridges under my arm. <laughs> so I went back, you know, ate my disappointing dinner and eventually went to bed. Got up the next day and uh, it's uh, Thursday. And uh, Thursday was beach day. And... I wasn't planning on having like a, a literal like beach day, like a day on the beach. Because doing that when you're alone, it's prohibitively aggravating. Especially uh, somewhere where there's a lot of people around, you know. Because if you go, if you go like you go get in the ocean water, which I always do, I always swim. I love swimming in the ocean. I ain't doing that and leaving all my stuff unattended up on the beach. You know what I mean? So I said, well, I don't need to do that. I'm I'm fine. Just seeing the beach was, was cool for me and getting some steps in on the boardwalk. So I thought, well, Atlantic City's right up the road, so I'll, I'll go there first. What I didn't realize, because once again, I didn't get directions... Uh, was if you go due east on Route 30, it's going. it will take you into Atlantic City, but it will not take you into the best part of Atlantic City. <laughs> was in this neighborhood. It looked like something out of Mad Max. I mean, for real. Like, there was these bombed-out blocks just full of rubble, vacant lots, there was a couple of like vacation houses there and they looked you know they looked like they've been knocked together out of old pallets that's what it looked like you know i would be afraid to 
be there if a thunderstorm happened. You know, that's that's how flimsy these joints looked. And, of course, the streets are um, just uh, look like they haven't been maintained since about the 1970s. You know what I mean? It's bad. It's real bad. So I get out, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, you know, I haven't been to Atlantic City in 20 years or so. Like, boy, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? And then I looked at the map, and I realized, oh, I'm on the extreme other end of town from where all the big places are. So I got in the car, I drove across town, and looking for somewhere to park so I can get out and walk around. And finding nothing real suitable. They're big on parking meters there. So if you go to Atlantic City, uh, I, I recommend you going to a casino, <laughs> parking there, going in, partake of the services to justify. Because other, otherwise you're going to be feeding quarters into this thing all day. So after about 15 minutes of this, I was like, you know what? I don't need to get out that bad. And I, I left. I left. I didn't know where I was going, but I saw a sign to Ocean City. So I followed that sign, and it took a... Well, from where I was, because I didn't really take the most direct route, from where I was, it was about 45 minutes. I get to Ocean City, and I, lo I love Ocean City. Ocean City, New Jersey, if you've never been there, I definitely recommend it. It's a very, uh, they call themselves the most uh, family-friendly resort on the Jersey Shore. And uh, it's very similar to Ocean City, Maryland in that way. You know, you're going to see a lot, of, a lot of families. Not so much of the knucklehead business going on, so... Went there with my my kid about ten years ago and had an absolute blast. So I was definitely cool about about that. I went there and I you know hit the boardwalk and checked out the beach and checked out the stuff and you know I spent a few hours there. Happened to find a municipal parking lot that was free. Now it was about five blocks from the boardwalk, but so what? It's free, right? And uh, and that was cool, you know. And I remember coming back after that and just being like, "All right, well." And you know, when I come back here, and and the plan, as it currently stands, is for me to go and do this again next summer, unless, well, unless something comes up, you know. When I do, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm going to quit messing around with the aimless driving and just figure out what I want to do and do it. You know, the idea, see, the idea was I did not want to get locked into, like, some kind of itinerary, you know, because I've been on trips where everything is planned out to the third decimal place and it gets to feel like a slog after a while. It feels like a job. You know, I got to go here. We got to go there. We can't spend too long here because we got it there. You know, I hate that stuff. I hate it. 
I and 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 that is also the reason why I have no plans on ever going to like an all-inclusive resort because for a week for 5 days me being stuck in an all-inclusive resort I would lose my mind. I would go absolutely crazy. You know, I got to get out, I got to get I got to do stuff, I got to be free to you know, turn right or left on a whim. But I took it too far on this on this occasion. And, you know, like the thunderstorm thing would not have happened if I had figured out in advance where I was going. <laughs> so, lesson learned. But at the same time, when you're traveling solo, you really have an inexhaustible number of options because you can just go you can just do what you want when you're traveling with somebody obviously you gotta take what what they want to do into consideration and vice versa there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying (laughs) never travel with people because that's that's not what i'm saying at all but i'm saying you know if you've never traveled solo before maybe give it a try because it can be a lot of fun some people uh, close to me surprised I, I when I said I went to the ball game on my own. I've been going to ball games alone for my whole adult life, and uh, I've gone to movies alone. I've gone to concerts alone. I don't have any less of a good time if I don't have somebody with me. Put it that way. I think uh, being able to enjoy your own company is is a great it's a great thing because it kind of opens up a lot of possibilities you know i i had people tell me you know i want to go see that movie or i want to go to that restaurant or whatever but i don't have anybody to go with me well so you don't need somebody to go with you go on your own you're allowed right you're an adult make your own choices. However, I, I <laughs> having said that, I learned that there is a happy medium in between just uh, winging it the whole time versus planning it the whole time. You know, I think a little more planning, not a lot more planning, but a little more planning and I would have saved myself a couple hundred miles. I mean, I cannot stress enough, the day of the thunderstorm, I put over 200 miles on my car. And all I was just doing was just just driving around, just driving around aimlessly. I mean, I had... I, yeah, Eventually, I gave myself the mission to go to the Goodwills, but I... I, I Went to two of them and left each one empty-handed. And after that, I was just like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Perhaps next time I will I will uh, do that while I'm in the city itself. But, you know, at the, uh, at the, by the same token, uh, I'm kind of glad that I didn't because uh, since I've been off training... 
I've gained about 20, 25 pounds back, which is a third of what I lost initially, so that's not that bad. But my smaller clothes don't really fit me at the moment. So I actually said, you know, when I get back from vacation, you know, the beginning of, of August, I'm going to start training again. And I was, I was out today, got a workout in today before I came to work. And like anything else, it's just a matter of reestablishing that habit and uh, the repetition, you know. And ever since I was moved from mornings to afternoons, it's been very difficult for me to get back into the swing of things. You know, I had a great routine down when I was doing mornings, and I thought that it would be very easy to just sort of transplant that to the afternoon. I mean, it's kind of what we did, Crazy Bob and me, it's kind of what we did with our, uh, you know, with our with our air shifts, with our, with our on-air shows. You know, it's like uh, sloppy seconds and hit or to quit it have swapped positions, which, as you know, I, I still slip up on that sometimes. But, I mean, it makes sense, but for whatever reason, the rest of it just didn't. It's like the parts... When I'm here at work, are are cool. It's what happens when I'm not here that I I couldn't get a handle on. And at a certain point, you say, you know what, the hell with it. I'm not going to worry about this right now. But then, of course, eventually, you have to come to terms with the results of that choice. And in my case, you know, I put on 25 pounds. My shirts are all too tight again. When I was at my highest level of fitness, and this would have been like, like, well, about a year ago, like last summer, um... I just got to a point where I was just burned out with everything. You know, I was pushing myself really hard and I was seeing results, but uh, I, you know, just burned out and then a bunch of stuff happened. You know, life, life gets in the way of things. And so I was dealing with like depression and stuff like that. And, uh, before I realized it, you know, it's months, months down the line and I'm feeling lethargic. And, you know, the things that happened when I was bigger before and body positivity is a, is a big thing these days and I'm all in favor of it. But... You know, for me, it's easy to say, well, 
you don't have to be stick skinny. You're 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 still a a good person anyway, which which is fine. And and I have no qualm with that. But I I don't feel well physically, and so that to me that's the tipping point. You know, when I was in better condition, carrying less pounds, had more energy, mentally and physically. You know, quality of life was just overall better. So that's the that's the plan right now. And and I think this is the perfect time to to enact it. You know, when I originally started working on losing weight, this was back in twenty twenty one. It was the end of the summer when I started. In fact it was the Saturday before Labor Day when I started and I got a lot, you know, I, I was able to work out through the winter. A lot of, a lot of it was outside and you know, the cold makes you work harder, (laughs) which is a good thing. So I kind of figure, you know, if I get into a routine now, by the time, summer by the time this summer ends then I'll already be you know I'll already be heading in the right direction when the time comes so that's that's the plan right now so in a way this vacation that I've just returned from was kind of like a last hurrah I mean I did not I I I certainly was not counting calories that's for sure was not even really thinking about that that much you know, I've always said since this whole thing started that the worst thing you can do is deny yourself of something that you really want. The hard part is having that which you want without overdoing it, which was always my problem, you know. A slice of pizza is great. Six slices of pizzas is six times greater. And it's not. You know, you just get fat. That's <laughs> that's what happens. It's you know, that's my that's my experience, at least. I know there are people out there with fantabulous metabolisms who uh can eat what they want and basically has no effect and you know when I was younger I envied those people and now like what it doesn't matter you know you we are who we are and if you are dissatisfied with your life in some manner then obviously the thing to do is to try and change it. And uh, and so, for me, you know, I, I know people who, who are on a similar sort of weight loss journey as I've been, who are all about, like, Instagram pics and hashtags and things like that, and Giant Bob, my 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 trainer for a while there, said to me one day when I mentioned this, he said, you know, some people 
use social media to keep themselves accountable. Because if everyone around you knows what you're doing, if they catch you slacking, they might say something to you. Which is true. I don't want anybody saying anything to me, okay? <laughs> and that's why, you know, when I started talking about that stuff on the air initially, it was already like six months in. You know, I already had like visible progress under my belt. And so after that, it, it just looked like a more dramatic progression, you know. But uh, the last few weeks, I've been noticing signs that I'm starting to have the same kind of health problems that I was having before. And uh, those are the moments that you just want to bang your head on a wall and just be like, you know, how dumb am I to be putting myself through this again. Honestly. I mean, there's a famous quote, and I don't know, I don't know who said it originally, but I'm reminded in situations like this, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and expecting a different outcome. And in a nutshell, that's precisely what I've been doing. So it's never too late to get your head out of your ass. I mean, if you're if you're still living, you're still up and around. And that's kind of what I hold on to. Kind of keeps me grounded to remind myself of these things. And also, it's also very important that if you fall short in your goal that beating yourself up and being overly hard on yourself is, in my experience, not going to improve the situation. It's going to make it worse. And you're going to wind up, perhaps as I did, with a hefty case of self-loathing and insecurity and all that sort of thing. And these are normal human issues that a lot of people have. They're universal. And I also find it helps to keep that in mind, that other people are, are going through the same thing and they're coping. I can cope. You can. You know, we all can. I kind of feel like the basic building blocks for this are are there. And it's difficult to stay motivated all the time. Uh, For me, I get to a point, and it, it usually happens in the summer, where... I'm just worn down, just worn down and just like out of 
patience with everything, you know, and usually I, I go and, and have my vacation and it's not always traveling. Like I, because uh, as I mentioned earlier last year, I had my week off work. I didn't go anywhere. I wanted to go to the beach last year, but uh, I wasn't able to. And so I spent a week on my couch. <laughs> and you know what? When I came back to work after that, I, fe- I did feel refreshed. I did feel like uh, I'd given myself like a brain reset. Sometimes that's all you need. You know, pull yourself out of the situation that's stressing you out and give your mind a chance to sort of regroup. And, uh, you know, it's not just in a dramatic way like that, like leaving town for a week. It could be as simple as taking five, ten minutes, taking a break, you know, whatever it is. But for me, I've always enjoyed exploring, you know, jumping in the car and going somewhere that I'm not overly familiar with and seeing what's there, seeing what it looks like. And uh, I was able to do that. So I have a lot of, you know, boring me stuff, (laughs) which I could give you a list of, but it's not, it's really not interesting. I told you I, I spent a whole day driving around looking for cheap football jerseys. You know, it's not, it's not exciting. You know, but it was something for me to do, not only to pass the time, but to get out to see stuff, to go places, you know. And that's cool. You And that's a thing. You don't have, and our, it seems like, like society now is so geared towards performative experience. I'm thinking of the people who, like, curate their lives these are the ones there and there's almost like like a starter pack <laughs> you know what i mean like the obligatory shot of of the bare legs on a chaise lounge you know there's like the holding a wine glass shot there's like standing in front of a cliff shot or whatever in front of a landmark or whatever it is you know People are trying to arrange things in such a way to give the best impression possible. And and in some cases, to make the people that see those pictures think that you're more, either more well off than you are or whatever. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. All right. Uh, there was a rapper. I don't remember who it was. This has been a year or maybe two years ago since I saw this story. I saw I saw an article, and it was about a rapper who posted a picture of, like, a Gulfstream jet on a post. And the next one was, like, him, like, obviously in an airplane seat, and then 
in this article, not the post, in this article, there was another there was another picture of the guy from another angle from someone else on the plane who was like, yeah, he's lying. This is not a Gulf Stream. <laughs> it's not a private plane. It's like, you know, just like an like a jet airliner, just like a basic jet airliner. And I saw that and and I laughed pretty hard. You know, I've known people over the years you have as well, I'm sure, who are trying to impress you with things. You know, they they have the most expensive car. They have you know, a huge house that's way bigger than their needs. You know, stuff like that. Status symbols. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't have any faith or any belief in the power of status symbols. So my pictures from my vacation, you know, they're not posed really just hold the cam hold the camera up and 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 hit the button and that's it and i'm not saying that because of that i'm better than anybody else it's just a a different perspective and I, you mentioned earlier that uh perception colors everything in our lives and that's a powerful notion just today I saw on some sports blog, I saw it was a picture of a guy on a football field. And the caption said, like, this dude is twice the size of the pylon. And you know what I mean by the pylon. It's it's those little rubber posts that you see in the corners of the end zone on a football field. Now, obviously, this is a professional football player. You know, the, the, the pylon is, I, I don't know how big, but it's about a foot high. This guy's not two feet tall. It's just that because of perspective, the pylon was right up close. The man was so, some feet away. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes just looking at things from a different angle is all it takes to to change everything. And uh, that's something else that I sincerely believe. No matter where you are in your life, when things get kind of heavy, just like I said earlier, you know, uh, uh, just a simple break can do wonders for you uh, mentally. And it's the same thing with this, getting a different perspective on things. Uh, you can walk away with, uh, with a newfound uh, understanding of things. So, I, I, you know, I set out to talk about my vacation and I went off on some metaphysical trip. <laughs> But you know what? It's like my vacations. I don't plan these things. Just a podcast. I, you know, the hook that I decided to hang this this thing on is that it's a stream of consciousness. I'm going to turn the mic on and I'm going to start talking. 
and and in the process, you know, you'll you'll learn a little about me and about the way I see the world, because that's not really something that you can easily condense or translate effectively on the radio. So that's cool. So whatever your reasoning is, uh, I appreciate you listening. This is the 27th installment of Just a Pad, uh, Just a Podcast, and normally I, I I try and make sure they drop around the 20th of the month, but this this month I I, I let it slide because because I knew I was going on vacation, so this one's a little later, but uh, the Just uh, Just a Podcast 28. Look for it on August 20th. So in closing. Thank you for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. My name is Just Bob. Till next time, stay fresh, cheese bags.